Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Great weekend it was for our cricket teams going into uh, the weekend. Of course, it looked a bit gloomy, didn't it? Uh, the Black Caps couldn't find any form at all and uh, the White Ferns were just getting constantly beaten um, by England. Um, but uh, they both turned it around and uh, particular uh, the Black Caps was a very interesting one on the back of the fact that uh, Brennan McCullum and other people have been saying they're going to set their sights a bit lower, a little bit lower. Uh, they managed to get through to uh, 128 for five, and then they completely rock and rolled Bangladesh for just 66. So uh, in the end, winning really comfortably by 52 runs. Tom Latham, of course, is skippering this squad, and this was his reaction. Yeah, um, it was obviously a, a really good performance. Um, I think the way we were able to build partnerships with uh, with the bat, uh, even though we lost um, quite a few wickets up front, uh, I think the way Henry Nichols and, and Tom Blundell were able to build a partnership and, and get us to probably a pass score. Um, yeah, I think it was probably around that pass score and, and then obviously the, the, the job the bowlers did with the ball uh, and the power play to, to take wickets up front. Um, we always knew it was going to be tough towards the back end and uh, the bowlers did a fantastic job. So um, very pleasing to take the lead from from game one and two and, and bring it into this game. Yes, you mentioned about that all-important partnership of 66 uh, between Nichols and uh, Blundell, but uh, you were in a spot of bother at 62 for five. Were you at that stage a little bit worried? Uh, no, I think we had belief in, uh, in the rest of the order. Uh, we just needed to build a partnership and, and give ourselves a chance at the back end like we did uh, in game two. And, um, you know, that death phase can be a little bit tricky, uh, especially when there's a left-right-hand combination. So I thought the way uh, Tom and Henry were able to, um, I guess, absorb a little bit of pressure and, and then turn the pressure back on them towards the back end was outstanding. And, um, you know, to, to get us to that pass score was uh, was ideal. Yeah, you must be also very pleased with the way the spinners bowled, especially Ajas Patil and the rest of them. Yeah, they've all done a fantastic job um, in all three games. I thought they've been fantastic. They've bowled uh, a great pace and they've hit a, hit a really good area uh, consistently. And we're seeing with these wickets, uh, there is enough um, you know, off the straight and, and there's enough natural variation there as well. So uh, the way they've been able to apply pressure but, but also take wickets has been, uh, has been probably the winning for us uh, in the end. Right, and how difficult has it been for the batsmen to score runs on these kind of surfaces? Uh, yeah, it's obviously different to, to what we have back home, but um, the way we prepared uh, back home, uh, we knew it was going to be tough, uh, especially looking at the, the Aussie series that's just been played. So uh, for us, there's no surprises. Uh, we, knew, we knew it was going to be tough, but we're just going to find a way in these conditions. And, and I feel like we're getting better and better at that the, the more we play in these conditions. So um, I still feel still feel like we've got a little bit left in the tank from a, from a complete performance, so that's a positive sign for our side. Yeah, summing it up pretty nicely there, uh, actually, Tom Latham, but uh, it was on the back of a really good partnership, and uh, what happens when you're 62 for five is you, you have to regroup, uh, but you can't have uh, too long to regroup because you're using up uh, time, and uh, they would have known that um, 120, 130 would have been competitive on the, the run of things so far, that they had to guarantee they got that way, got that far. And it was good to see that there was an unbroken partnership as well. They went the distance. And, and I think uh, I was questioning actually why they would have uh, Henry Nichols. Did they need Henry Nichols in the side, uh, batting basically as a specialist batsman way down there 
at number six because it's not very often you see that on the T20 side. And then every now and then, probably once or twice out of ten, uh, you'll see the reason why. Uh, and that uh, was a really good knock from him, 36 from uh, 29 deliveries. And uh, Tom Blundell is undoubted. He just, uh, I, I'm really impressed with him, Tom Blundell. I, I think he's he's going to be a really, really good test player over a long period of time uh, because he's cool. He's pretty cool under pressure, and we've seen that. He's come into the side, he's played a lot of cricket to get to this point, but he's come into the side, and uh, I think we saw that in the test match in Melbourne a uh, year and a half ago, uh, nearly two years ago actually, when he managed to score 100 and no one else could buy a run. Uh, Tom Blundell looked very, very cool uh, in tough circumstances there. And I think uh, even though BJ Watling is gone, uh, we've got a really good servant coming in there. And Tom Blundell, and then you look at the bowling side of things, which um, to me is, is pretty impressive because y- this is a Bangladesh side that is pretty handy in their own conditions. And there's no great world superstars there, but get them at home. Um, and they are formidable. So Naeem, 13, uh, Lytton Das, 15, and uh, Mushfika Rahim, 20, the only three players to get double figures, and they knocked them over for 76. Um, I mean, they, they just weren't even in the game. At one stage, um, they were, uh, what were they, 23 for one. So that's a handy start, and you start thinking, if you're Tom Latham, you start thinking to yourself, uh, this is going to be tough. We need a wicket here, and all of a sudden, uh, they were 23 for none, then 20. Five for three, uh, and that's what we're talking about. And those wickets, uh, those key wickets uh, at the top of the order, really between the spinners, uh, Ravindra, McConkie, and Patel. So they bowl well in tandem. Um, and uh, Scott Kugelein bowled three point uh, three overs, one for fourteen, and the Grandholm the zero point four overs, one for three. Uh, and Jacob Duffy bowled four at the top, so no Doug Bracewell in that lineup. Uh, four overs, none for 14. So Duffy did a good job with the new ball too. So the mix there, John, uh, the mix was very, very good. And uh, um, that would be good. And, and now, of course, I've kept the series alive, which is the important thing. Yeah, exactly. And after that first game, Smithy, I think we were all fearing the worst, weren't we? I mean, we absolutely crumbled in that opening match for 60, I think. And these games come so thick and fast and you don't have a lot of time to get used to the conditions. So in game two, they got a lot better, only lost that one by four runs, and now they've won game three, which is pretty good. And some of these players, people won't know a lot about Smithy. You mentioned Ajaz Patel before. We know him from his test exploits. What about Cole McConkie, a young fella from Canterbury? Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people know about him. And Ruchin Ravindra as well. He's really one for the future, isn't he? A top-order batsman who can bowl a bit of spin. So we're slowly learning about some of these fringe spinners? Well, what we're learning is that you, you, you really do need multi-purpose cricketers. And that's what's going on through the academies now. You, you do have your odd specialist. Uh, you have your Trent Bolts, your Tim Southey, those new ball specialists. Uh, but by and large, if you want to make a, a name for yourself in white ball cricket, uh, you've got to have more than one string to your bow. And that's what we're learning about these young kids that are developing equal skills that uh, they're able to, I mean, if you get, get a guy that can open the batting and bowl four overs of genuine spin, leg spin or what have you, uh, he's always going to be an asset to you. So, um, I, I've, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of McConkie. I haven't seen a lot of Ravindra, but I, I've got a feeling we're going to. But they have to wait, you see, because th- this is not our top side. This is not the top side. This is the backup side. Uh, and, you know, that, that is, that's one of the, the other things that was so impressive uh, around that particular performance. So, yeah, that, that was good. Uh, and then, of course, you go across to uh, the White Ferns, John, and this was, a, I think, even more remarkable performance because uh, they didn't look like they had any chance knocking over England at any point in the series. And they have. 
Um, you know, batting uh, batting first, uh, England got 127 for seven, which is just over six and over. Uh, this is at the Sussex ground, uh, the, at uh, County Ground at Hove. Uh, and then we turned around and chased it with ease. We, we won with, um, with 10 balls to spare um, and uh, four wickets in hand, which is a, which is a pretty convincing chase. Uh, on the back of Sophie Devine, 50 of 41 deliveries, two fours and four sixes. So, I mean, she's a powerful player, Sophie Devine. Talk about someone that can open the batting and then bowl four overs for you. Overs were a tad expensive in the context of the game, but uh, she's so good. Then Satterthwaite, Maddie Green, 21, uh, 128 for six. At least it's something you can throw some pressure at because you've got that on the board and you say, you go get them if you're good enough. Nine times out of ten, England would be, but put, take early wickets, put them under pressure and just see what they're like, and uh, in the end, they weren't that flash. They got off to a pretty good start again, and, and they were 20 for one, uh, and then uh, all of a sudden they lost wickets in droves, 25 for two, 25 for three, uh, and at that point, they were the ones under pressure, and of course, then your run rate drops away um, from that point onwards. So able to put pressure on uh, at the top of the order, um, and, and then, of course, just they'll hold them in check. Really good performance. Um, so... Um, that series is uh, still alive too. Yeah, absolutely. And Sophie Devine in her 100th T20, Smithy, because that's all they play is limited overs, unfortunately, for the women. I know they mm. want to play test cricket, but what a way to perform in your 100th. Uh, her side needed her. So much pressure on her shoulders. Uh, and, yeah, four sixes as part of that 50 of 41 balls. When Sophie goes big, I don't think anyone in women's cricket around the world can do it like Sophie does. I think she's, when it comes to hitting sixes, she's probably the best at doing it in the world. So uh, they got the wobbly boot on in the, in the run chase, as the White Ferns seem to do. They're never quite home and hosed. Uh, chasing 127, uh, the wickets fell near the end and a bit of a middle order collapse, but they were done enough to, to hold on. And now they play a decider on Friday morning, 5am. So looking forward to that. And I think Sophie was on with the Breakfast Boys this morning as well. So you can jump on uh, online and probably find uh, listen to Sophie Devine this morning. But massive for them. Smithy, last time they had a decider was back here in New Zealand against Australia at Eden Park and it got washed out. And that was the last time I think the White Ferns had a good opportunity to win a series over a decent opposition. So this is exciting for them. Uh, we're used to kind of laying the stick into them a little bit because they've been so poor over the last few summers. But this is a good opportunity for this New Zealand side, almost at full strength, to get a series win over a great side in England. Well, it's, it's not just uh, it's not just us that they have to convince. It's not just the public they have to convince. It's, it's themselves. If you have a run of form and you don't have a lot of team changes and you've got the same squad, uh, then you start looking um, at each other in the dressing room, you start looking across the room and um, perhaps you should be looking in the mirror a, a little bit more. Um, but speaking of which, uh, what about the, the fourth test between England and India? How interestingly is that poised, John? Just uh, rounding up on the cricket after 10 here this morning. Uh, England have made a promising start. They've got to chase down 368. Uh, there's 77 without loss. So they still need a further 291 runs. Now this is an interesting one. If you're thinking about having a bet on this, first of all, check the forecast. I'm not quite sure what London's forecast is, but have a look at that. Now, the way I'd break this down is that um, I would imagine that India will turn up pretty fired up this morning. So the first hour will be hugely important. If England were to lose two wickets in that first hour, and perhaps if, uh, if they could get Joe Root in and out before lunch, India, that would be their goal. So that would mean that England will probably be three or four down by lunch, then they, uh, you start, England start thinking about not losing because the series is um, precariously poised. It's one each. And it's not as if they've got a test match in hand that they can turn around 
and say, look, we can risk this by chasing these runs. All they have to do is bat normally. If they bat the overs, they win the game. That's pretty much how it works out from, from my point of view. If they bat the overs, uh, they will win the game. So that's around about scoring uh, 50 runs an hour. 50 runs an hour, uh, which is okay going, 100, 100 a session. If you've got wickets in hand, that is more, uh, more and more possible as the day goes on. Uh, the ball is 32 overs old, so it's lost a, a, its initial impact, but the energy levels will be high, and uh, you can bet that, that Barack Coley will be absolutely in the air of his bowlers because uh, he doesn't want to lose now. He does not want to lose this. And this is after India's great fight back, uh, where having been rolled for 191, they turn around and score 466 in the second inning. So very interestingly poised. Uh, all eyes on that test match uh, from England. John, so that's our, our summary, our cricket summary, um, after uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, two really good performances by New Zealand and a gutsy recovery uh, from India, followed up with a very good start from England, 77 for none with Burns and Hamid at the crease. Hell of a series this one, and just how good is Test cricket shows again just how awesome it is. In London, no rain tomorrow apparently, Smithy, or 20% chance of some precipitation, but the TAB have got the draw as the favoured odds at $2.15, England to win $3.35, and India at two ninety five. so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, look, as I said, I don't think England will risk anything. If they get themselves into a bit of a hole, if they lost three or four wickets, then I think they'd be go the conservative route. Um, so I, I think the draws, if you can get live betting and you're prepared to sit up all night, I think the opportunities are there. Um, I won't be putting my hand up to do that. But yeah, uh, in all honesty, um, very interesting uh, 24 hours ahead for England and for India. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.